Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen, as Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Our featured guest is Jim Beach. Jim Beach is the founder, host of School for Startups Radio. This is a great, huge podcast for all you business folks out there. If you're into entrepreneurship, if you're struggling to make your first $100,000, your next $100,000, don't just listen to my podcast, First 100K. Go check out Jim's podcast, School for Startups. And you can find him at schoolforstartupsradio.com. That's schoolforstartupsradio.com. Com. Now, I'm going to do a quick little introduction because Jim is known for this belief that entrepreneurship is not about creativity. It's not about risk. It's not about passion. Now, Jim's first book, School for Startups, was published by the big publishing company, McGraw-Hill, June 2011, and reached as high as number nine on Amazon's business section. All business books, number nine. Promoting the books, he's, he's done over 100 radio interviews, was featured in a UPS commercial, was referred to as the Simon Cowell of Venture Capital by CNN, and was excerpt, excerpted, that's a fun word, by Entrepreneur Magazine and the Wall Street Journal in India there. So he's the author of School for Startups. I'm not going to get into all his accomplishments. Just know that this guy is winning in business. I invited him on the show. I'll tell you why in a minute, but we're really going to get into his faith uh, journey. So, Jim, thank you for being on the show. Fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, an exciting topic. I'm looking forward to talking about it. So, do you want me to talk about my religious experiences or business experiences? We're going religion now, right? Yeah, so this is Broken Catholic. So this is where we show up and we talk about our brokenness just as humans, the struggles that we have that we don't have it all figured out. None of us do. Anyone who acts like they do, pretends like they do on their social media, like their life is perfect, is an inauthentic liar, my friend. So let's start this way. I'm going to start real light and then I'll just guide you right through. Uh, Take a minute, share something personal about Jim Beach that very few or nobody in your business life knows about you? Well, you know, I try to tell everything or my-, my Come on, what's, what's that one thing that you, you haven't shared about you? Well, Something you know, the first thing that comes to mind is that I'm continuously embarrassed about how bad of a spiritual, religious role model I am for my children. And mm-hmm. it's interesting that my children are now- 
better Christians than I am, especially my daughter who is 18 at the time and is in college, has a much stronger grounding than I do and is continually reprimanding me about it and asking where I'm going to church and all those sort of things. And it's gotten so bad, Joseph, that even my three-year-old daughter, three, she's three and she's already a better Christian than I am. So th there's the thing that I'm the most embarrassed about. How's that? That I love that. That is real and transparent, Startup Nation. Jim Beach is setting the example of how you should show up in your life. Get the elephant out of the room as soon as you start a conversation with people. Be like, hey, here's where I'm human. Let me show you my humanity. Right? Start there. It removes all the pretenses. Then you can talk about meaningful things in the conversation. So, Jim, let me ask you this before I get into your actual story, your faith story. What's that been like for you where you feel like you haven't equipped your, your kids maybe you know, as good Christians, yet somehow here they are being what you're, you're calling great Christians and calling you out on your own faith journey. What's that like for you as a dad? Seriously. Well, it's been horribly embarrassing at times, but on the other hand, it is rewarding. I am happy that they are developing as Christians and it's sort of uh, a little bit in absentia. I feel like I'm parenting in absentia. Sometimes when you give your kid a iPad just so they'll shut up so you can eat dinner. You know, you're parenting via electronics. When it comes to religion, I feel like, you know, we've sent them to preschool, to religious preschool. We send them to vacation Bible school. But one of the reasons I'm such a big fan of that is that I sort of feel like, phew, I don't have to worry about it today. You know, I, I can outsource the education, you know, uh, and it's something I'm very uncomfortable talking to them about. You know, it's uncomfortable talking about your religious beliefs at all. I'm Southern. I believe that you're supposed to be in the newspaper, you know, three times in your life, when you're born, when you're married, and when you die. And other than that, you're supposed to be uh, shy and not out there talking about yourself, right? So to talk about your religion is very hard, especially when, you know, when I heard the name of your show, I really connected with you because I consider myself a completely broken Christian. I grew up in the Episcopalian church, so as close to Catholic as you can be, right? With all of the same services and the same uh, embellishments and all of that as well. And went through all the confirmations and all of the things that you're supposed to do and always felt inadequate as a Christian, as if I was always failing. And that's such a hard thing to do is to continually feel like you're failing at something. You know, it gets to the point where it's easier just to opt out sometimes mm. than to fail on a daily basis. I also went to a high school that was a religious school and we had services there twice a week. And I have always felt like I am a, getting a D minus or an F as a Christian. And that's come to a full circle now is that I expect a couple of things in the world to be better than me. One is Disney. I expect Disney to be more or less perfect. <laughs> There's not going to be any trash. 
everyone's going to be happy, it doesn't rain, you know, it is perfect. Equally, I expect my pastor or my priest to be perfect as well. And I know perfect is not the acceptable standard. I know they're human, but I would like them to be better than me. Mm. Noticeably or- better. So I look up to them and go, wow, there's a real, there's a guy who, or a woman. I have two female cousins who are uh, pastors. There's a guy, a woman who is really setting the example. Mm. And I've gotten to the, be in blown away, disappointed by every single one of them. I've seen some pastors blow up on a national stage, you know, despicable things that you read about in the national news or see on CNN have happened at my home church mm. and have been disgusted by that. And these are people who claim to be great role models who turn out to be not nearly as good a person as I thought they were, someone I, I would never want to, to role model. And so I've gotten to the point with my own religion, my own uh, experience that I am as disappointed in myself as I am with the system as a whole. Mm. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. And, and I know Broken Catholic Nation right now, you're listening to Jim and you are disappointed in, in me? yourself, no, well, not in Jim. me. No, no, broken Catholic nation. You're disappointed in yourself at times because you want to be a better Christian. We all do. That's a desire within us. Mm-hmm. We want to be a better Christian parent yep. than where we're at. Like Jim has so honestly and transparently shared, and we are disappointed in our effing church mm-hmm. because it's broken. You know, the, the title of the show is Broken Catholic, and it's not just Broken Catholic as you and I individually are Broken Catholics, but if we are Broken Catholics individually, Broken Christians, Broken Protestants, Broken Baptists, Broken Jews, then collectively we are the body of Christ, and now we now have a broken church. And, yes. I, and I really think that shows up powerfully for each of us, Jim, is that the reason why the church is broken is because of me. C.S. Lewis. I wasn't willing to go that far with it, Joseph, but you're 100% right, and that's a very powerful indictment. Uh, You're right that at some level it's the responsibility of all of us, that all of us have failed, and certainly – that the body of Christ has failed. One of the things that comes to my mind is, is it better now or is it worse than it's been? You know, are we on a upswing or a downswing? How do we compare to 1326, for example? So let me give you what I, how I would answer that, Jim. And, I, and I'm, this is going to sting for a second, okay? But you're a bold, courageous Christian man, and you could take Bring it. Bring it on. So here's my question to you. You just asked, are we better off? Are we better in a better place than we were 13 years ago as a church? The answer is this, Jim, if you look at yourself, are you in a better place than where you were 13 years ago? No, I didn't say 13. I said hundreds of years ago. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Okay. Well, then that question may not work for you. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, I, I try every day 
to be a better Christian. And I have goals for myself that, you know, I have goals personally. I have goals with my health and with business and financial and with spirituality. And one of the goals you know, that I have is, you know, I want to pray every day. Well, I'm pretty good about that. I, I hardly ever miss a day that I, I pray. I also have, you know, right now we do not have a home church. And mm. that I have, I'm very upset about. Um, and so one of my goals is, you know, to find a home church. That's certainly better than 20 years ago when I wouldn't have even asked what is my home church. There you go. Uh, I feel like that's at least some progress. And I also think it's interesting the things the the things that God does that are sometimes mischievous almost. The people that he brings into your life. So one of my business partners right now is a ex-pastor. He was a Baptist hmm. minister for 30 years and then left the pastoral profession and is now in the real estate space. And so it's really fun to have a very intimate friend, someone that you talk to 20 times a day as a pastor to continually ask, you know, well, did you go to church Sunday? You know, because we, we decided to go to brunch instead, Ooh. you know, and to be able to have that kind of honesty. So I'm certainly better than I was 20 years ago. I'll give myself that. That's a huge place to be, right? And I think it's an important foundation, Jim, is to acknowledge ourselves for our little victories and to not beat ourselves up for where we're not winning, right? Or we could be doing better. And, and I look at it this way. If our Heavenly Father does not beat us up and hold our face in condemnation and shame, then why would we ever do that? Right. And, and that's something from the enemy. Anytime we look at, you know, I'm deficient at this. I'm not good enough. I feel inadequate as you know, you mentioned it, you know, as a, as a Christian dad, I feel inadequate. I feel inadequate as a Christian in general, just know that those feelings of condemnation, shame, inadequacy are not from your heavenly father. No, I'm not sure I agree with that. That's Okay. If I am ashamed of something I've done, I'm less likely, hopefully, to do it in the future. If I am dissatisfied with not having a home church, it prompts me more to go get a home church. Aren't these feelings that can be used or should be used to make me a better person? I'm ashamed of what I've done, so I'm not going to go do that again. I 100% agree with you. I think if you stop there and you say, it's almost like acknowledging. I acknowledge I just messed up, right? I acknowledge I made a mistake. I don't want to repeat that. Now, what action can I take to make sure I don't repeat that? that that's you and I are saying the same thing. I okay. think where we run the danger, and I've done this myself, and BC Nation, I know you've done this yourself, is where you take that I messed up and you translate it into I'm a failure, right? And you associate your feelings or your behavior, poor behavior with your identity. And I think we're living in an effing society right now where the media is propagating that and connecting two things that don't go together is that you are your behavior. 
You are your inadequacy. You are your mess ups. You are your mistakes. So that, that right there creates a sense of powerlessness, not a sense of power and drive. And I want to correct this and I want to move forward and, and improve in this area. So I, I think, Jim, what you're saying is the right way of saying it um, is that, hey, I, I kind of give myself a little smack upside the head like, hey, I should have went to church this Sunday instead of brunch with my ex pastor, <laughs> you know, friend or whatever. And, and that's, yeah, that's our um, conscience, right? That's God. That's the Holy spirit prompting us right and wrong, or I like to say um, good and best. And so many times we choose the lesser good rather than God's best for us. And that's where we fall short of where God wants to lead us. But then the enemy comes in as the, the one who tempted us to choose the lesser good and then the first one to condemn us and rub our face in it and say, you're a failure. How could you do that? You're guilty. You're condemned. You're nobody. Give up. Don't even try. You're obviously a loser. And all these other lies. What shows up for you in that, Jim? You know, that's just, uh, well, first of all, I find that a very positive message that, and I hadn't really thought about that, that you're not, you are not necessarily your flaws. Uh, I would love to, to be able to accept that. That's going to be hard for me to accept because I feel like I am, you know, I'm the one that didn't go to church, right? You know, I made that decision by myself. Um, granted, you know, the devil might have been putting those thoughts in my mind and reminding me how delicious those eggs Benedict are. But uh, <laughs> it is very hard for me not to feel like a failure when I do that, you know. Um, but then I'm such a failure that I'll do it again the next week too. You know? So so if I may, right, because this comes up all around me and s some of my friends, Jim, they think I'm a little – too much in this area. However, it works for me. I think language, and I know you're going to agree with this, language is everything. The words that we use actually create the things around us, create our life. We are co-creators. The same way that God used the word to create the universe around us, let there be light, let there be land, let there be waters, and it came into being. If we are made in God's image and likeness, and, and he promises that, then we are also given co-creative powers, right? So that when we speak something into existence, it literally manifests in existence, whether it's a limiting belief system, such as I'm no good, I'm a loser, I'm no good, I'm a loser, I'm no good, I'm a loser, well, guess what you're going to attract into the universe? And people name this law of attraction. Well, why do bad things keep happening to me? Well, maybe because you keep saying you're no good and you're a loser, right? You're actually co-creating that into the world around you. And that now becomes your reality. So I would just caution, be cautious of the language that you use, BC Nation, in describing yourself. This is everything in describing yourself and, and create a distinction between how you describe your behavior and how you describe yourself. So I think the two most powerful words on planet earth, Jim, in the English language is I am blank. Whatever you add to after I am is literally the reality you are creating for yourself. Well, what's your answer to that? 
I am. Joseph a, is what? Yeah, I am son of God, the father, the creator of the entire universe. And I walk in his authority and in his power. And I am heir to his kingdom. And at the sound of my footsteps, the enemy runs because he's a coward. That's how I answer that. You don't seem very broken to me. I am as broken as any other human, Jim. And this is why I can say it that way. Because it is in my brokenness that I'm able to surrender every little feeling to my heavenly father and not rely on myself anymore like I used to. Because I was so broken, I was so self-reliant, so prideful, so arrogant, so obnoxious that I actually thought I could control my life and the things around me and others. And that's what I did. I tried to control people and control outcomes and results. And what I created was a very lonely existence for myself. And that wasn't working. So God broke me, right? The same way you break a horse, you know, you have to tame it um, so that you could bring out its best performance rather than its wildness, and it actually can hurt itself and others around it in that wildness, that was me. I was that unbridled uh, Bronco type horse. um, And God had to break me first. So yeah, I am a broken Catholic, meaning God broke me and I gave him permission too because my life wasn't working without him. So now this sense of power that some people see in me comes from the very brokenness that is in me. And you better believe that on a dime, Jim, I could easily go back to my past behavior, which was rebellion to God. I don't believe that. You don't need to. I, I believe it. I know it, dude. I know the temptation that's within me. That's why even St. Paul said, I have this thorn in my side. The very thing I want to do, I choose not to do. The very thing I don't want to do, I do. We all have that brokenness within us. It's called broken human nature. It's the human flaw. It's the rebellion of Adam and Eve that's in every single one of us. So I cannot be human and not be broken. The two go together. Okay, but you're also 99% repaired. (laughs) Well, that's between uh, God and I don't know, right? I don't have the answer to that. Am I, if I look back at two years ago, could I see progress? Oh my gosh, like insane amount. Like Joseph 1.0, Jim, was a destroyed, broken mess that was hurting himself and others in the world. Joseph 2.0 now is tempted to do those things and occasionally falls in those areas, but is not, but has now been tamed. You know, yeah, by now you're on Joseph 37.4. <laughs> Dude, I am on Joseph 3704. <laughs> but the versions keep getting better and better and less and less broken. And Microsoft this is- promises that. <laughs> Got it. So, Jim, I, I love where you're taking it. I love how you're spending it back on me. And, it, and it's great because you're calling me out and you're calling me to stand in the very things that I share with others and that I, I challenge others to look at. And... If I somehow show up in the world as maybe a few exits past someone in my spiritual growth, that's awesome, right? And God gets the credit for that. And it literally, I'm only getting there by submitting. Literally every day I submit to my father. I submit my will to his. And, and Jim, wherever you are in your life and you put it out there, which lets me know that 
you're ready, you're open. Cause you literally just shared it with, you know, listeners in over 50 countries that you feel inadequate as a Christian. You feel your kids are more adequate than you. And there's this longing and this desire in you that I'm sensing. And you're my good friend. So I could say this and you know, I love you, right? That God has put that prompting in you, that very desire to do more, to be more, to, to get more in your relationship with your creator, that comes from God. You don't even create that, right? Any good in us is from God, it's not from us. Because us humans, we're fallen. We have a hell-bent tendency. That means you ever, whenever you put a right and wrong in front of us, we are tempted immediately in half a second to choose the wrong and to go down. That's our fallen nature. But you have this longing and this desire and all you have to do, and here's if you're open to it, right? You could say F you, Joseph, and I'm totally fine with that, brother, uh, is for the next 10 days is literally just every morning in the prayer that you're doing in your prayer time, that, which is awesome that you're doing that. It's just say this, Father, show me how much you love me. Show me how much you love me. Literally just say that every morning for 10 days with an open heart, wanting him to show you. And I promise you, Jim, I have coached so many people on this. He will show you he loves you in your life and he will show up in your life in a powerful way and you will experience him, experience him as real and as tangible as you and I speak in right now. I will take that challenge and we will see what happens. I will report back. Love it. BC Nation. Jim is courageous. This is what courage looks like. It's putting yourself out there in front of the masses, sharing the area that you're struggling with, being coachable, and then taking on a challenge publicly. Jim just declared he's taking it on. And then also challenging me back, right? Which is what he just did and saying, I will take that on. I want to see what happens. And I want to see if you're full of crap, Joseph, just like all the other people in my life that have disappointed me. Well, you haven't disappointed me yet. So. Yet. Did you hear that, PC Nation? Yet. <laughs> yet. And Jim, here's, here's a, you know, something I'm going to share. And I really had to get through what you're, I, I sense you're being blocked in. Is, that, is this, and this is a game changer for my life, and I hope it is for yours. Humans will always disappoint me. Yes. Humans will always disappoint me the same way that I disappoint others, because I'm also human. I will never show up perfect in any, everything and everything for everyone. I just won't. I'm human. I'm broken. I'm a broken Catholic. I'm a broken Protestant. I'm a broken Jew. Okay? The same way you are. Humans will always disappoint. Your pastors will disappoint. BC Nation, this is a message I need to speak right to your heart. Right now, the church is broken mess because it has broken people in it. God did not promise a perfect church. He would not have built it on the backs of humans if it was <laughs> meant to be perfect because we are broken in our very nature. It is impossible for us to achieve perfection. So why does... Jesus say, be perfect like your heavenly father is perfect. I know you're running that Bible passage in your brain right now and calling it out. Say, Joseph, what about Jesus says, be perfect like your heavenly father is perfect. What he meant by this when you attach it all together is get the F out of the way. Remove yourself, die to yourself. Let I, Jesus, consume you, take over your heart. 
I am the very perfection that you can never achieve as yourself, as a human. But when you enter and allow me and give me permission, verbal permission to enter your heart, take over your life, I will be that perfection in you that you cannot achieve because I am God and I will be the very perfection just like my heavenly father is perfection. And I will do things in you, Jim and Joseph and BC nation that you can never ever achieve on your own, but you got to remove you and give me permission to enter. Jim, what shows up for you in all that? I'm on a rant here, buddy. Watch out. You are, you're preaching. You should just be a preacher. Why aren't you a preacher? Dude, it's just a label. Okay. Why don't you work at a church and teach every Sunday? Because I'm like a caged tiger. A church wouldn't hold me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> now, listen, God has called me to uh, a very simple thing. Bring my sons back to me. That's what he called me to do. That's my, my big why. So why do I wake up at 7.30 a.m.? Well, before that at 6 a.m. every morning, seven days a week and do a 7.30 a.m. live, Facebook live and, and record my daily holy hour, which is vulnerable and stings. And I don't want people to see my own brokenness. Why did I go on today and yesterday? And I almost broke down in tears because of the, the struggle I'm being faced with right now in one of my businesses, the personal attacks that are happening to me on my character, who I am, which stings and hurts. Why do I do that? I put myself out there because literally that's where people connect with me is in my brokenness. So Jim, you can't look me in the eye and say I'm not broken because if I wasn't, people would not connect with me and there wouldn't be fruit being happening right now. People are connecting because I share I'm a mess. I'm an effing mess without my creator. Okay, I know that because I, I have a, an entire lifetime of case studies uh -huh. to prove how messed up I am, bro. Yeah, but uh, now with your creator, you're still uh, repaired 99%. Well, here's, the, here's what I've learned is this. Any good that you see in me is not me. It's Jesus within me because I've given him permission to enter and take over and consume my life. Anytime you see me mess up and jack up and hurt people and hurt myself, that's Joseph. Well, I believe that. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's, let's turn this. All right, Jim, because you're my right. And you're also a podcast host. So you actually did a brilliant job of interviewing me. Yeah, punk. Um, really well done. I see what you did there, you Jedi master. All right. But now we're bringing it back to you because you were trying to cop out and you're like, whoa, too much attention on me, Joseph. All right. So, so BC Nation, here's why I brought Jim on the show. I mean, I think you already get it. He just shared the things that he is wrestling with, you're wrestling with. The aha moments he could have, you could have. The challenge I just gave him over the next 10 days to show up every single day and say, Father, show me how much you love me with a sincere heart and actually believe he will because that's what's needed, right? Faith before it happens, right? Hope is faith in things unseen, Right? So before it happens, if you want that, like take on that challenge. That challenge is for you. That's not just for Jim. That's for you. Next 10 days, Father, how much, show me how much you love me. All right, Jim, let's turn this around. 
how did you first experience God in your life? What are your top three tips or strategies? And this may be, have been years ago because I get where you're at right now and there's nothing deficient in you. It's just the stage where you're at and there's nothing wrong about it. It's where you're at and it's fine. That's your starting place. That's exactly where God will meet you is right here, right now. So how did you first experience God? Like literally spend three minutes on that and then we'll tie, uh, come back to present day. What are your top three tips or strategies where you had an epic moment experience with God? Uh, that is a very hard question to answer. And I, I'm not sure that my answer is adequate at all. I, the first time that I really remember having any connection at all was, I, I guess it was confirmation when you're like 13 or 14 and you had to spend weeks studying various things. And I remember very firmly that the, the man who was leading us through this, uh, who was just a fantastic person, he ended up being killed on Christmas afternoon in a rafting accident, a mm. fell out of a raft and was killed. And I remember feeling an incredible sense of loss for him, even though I didn't know him that well. And also feeling very, very, very strong that he couldn't be happier about it, that he was happy, that he was happy in his current state of death and knowing that and not feeling sad for his wife and feeling that he was really happy about where he was. And that, that feeling about his name was Randy Seckman. That feeling has just always been with me. And that happened you know, 30 years ago when he was killed. Um, mm. always, and I think about him all the time that, uh, he was doing something he loved. And when he ended up dying, that he was incredibly happy to immediately go to heaven. And then just recently I was interviewing someone for my show and maybe you should have this guy on, on BC. He is a university professor and has also been visited by angels, paranormal things about a hundred times. And he's written a book about each one of the visits. And before he interviewed, or before I interviewed him, he asked if I wanted to speak to anyone who has passed on. And I was like, well, sure, I'd love to talk to my grandfather. And so he went on a walk this morning and talked to my grandfather and reported back what my grandfather had to say. Um, you know, at some level, I believe that's a Las Vegas trick that I've seen on America's Got Talent, you know, at some level like that. But on the other hand, he said some things that my grandfather would have said, some things that I would like to have heard from my grandfather. Is that the very thing? you would have liked to have heard it. And therefore, when you heard it, it's real to you. And I'm not challenging. However, I am saying caution. Well, I, I believe I'm very cautious of these sort of things. I, as I said, it's, I saw that on America's Got Talent too, you know? And so I, I'm very, very cautious. Um, but certainly 
the idea that uh, whether I wanted to hear it or not, the fact that I heard something that I wanted to hear is reassuring. You know, whether it's truly from my grandfather or not is almost beside the point. It still makes mm. you feel good. And mm. it makes me feel good in a Christian sort of way. This is not someone saying, I spoke to your father through a Ouija board. This right. is someone who said, I spoke to your father or your grandfather in heaven where he is sitting next to God and he had the following things to say. So mm. it was laid out in a Christian perspective. Got it. So, so let me ask you this, because you said it's a difficult question to ask. If it was an easy question to ask, have you experienced God in a real tangible way in your life? Yes or no, as of yet as real as you and I have in this conversation. And I don't mean in an audible voice. I mean this complete overwhelming sense of being loved by your heavenly father, that you're his son, and that he has a perfect plan for your life. Has that happened yet or not yet? Either one I, is fine. I believe every one of those things. I believe that there is a plan for me, all of that but it's an intellectual experience, not a experience in the heart. Got it. And, and I think you just spoke to 99.9% of planet earth, Jim, when you said that. No, because everyone I go to church with has had God come down and make coffee with them and sit down and have a three hour conversation and said, okay, you remember it all on last Tuesday when you said this to your aunt? That was really mean. So you can't do that anymore. You know, you've been really worried about Sally. Don't worry, Sally's going to be okay. No, every single Christian that I talk to, Joseph, is the exact opposite. He's like, no, no, no. God tells me exactly what to wear this morning. You know, I feel like I'm, if there's a spectrum here. And here's God actively involved in your life telling you every single thing. And I feel like I'm over here. Like, some, like somehow life. you're isolated and this intimate relationship with your creator is for everybody else, but somehow it's not for you. You haven't got there, but everyone else has it, but you don't have it. Is that what you're saying? Uh. I, I don't know if I would go that far. I just feel like, uh, I don't know. Again, I, I assume it's my failing, the fact that I'm not good enough for God to come down and have coffee with. Can I create a new possibility for you, sir? Sure. What if it wasn't you're failing at anything or you being inadequate or non-worthy of anything? And what if it was simply you just haven't asked the right questions yet? Well, that's what the homework assignment you gave me was about. You got it, my friend. He's actually friend. paying attention. You know, you're an incredible, like, intellectual dude, man. I get it. So I, I was wanted, actually listening along. <laughs> I, I want to speak to this, right? Because I wrestled with this my entire life, Jim. And you just spoke to it very eloquently. I knew of God. I was raised with God. I was raised with what I was taught about God, but it was all in my head. It was an intellectual concept that I am loved. God is love. I'm protected. I'm saved. All these intellectual concepts, right? However, I had never experienced God, right? An exper experiential feeling of I am loved. 
I do have a heavenly father. I can take on anything. My identity is son of God, like creator of the universe. Like I'm protected. Like I never had that. That was missing my entire life. And literally God gave me that about four years ago. And the way I got that, BC Nation, if you're curious and you actually want that in your life and you're willing to do whatever the F it takes to get that in your life, you're not just saying you want it, but then you're a wuss and won't do the work because God requires work. God requires effort in relationship with him because any relationship takes time to get to know the other and to let them get to know you. It's spending time with them. And here's what the realization that I came up with, Jim, is that I had never ever spent an hour a day for 40 days with my creator. And when I went back in scripture, I realized that so many prophets, before they were given their, their identity, their purpose, their mission and called into mission, they spent 40 days, 40 nights in the wilderness, up on the mountain, in silence with their heavenly father so that he filled them up with who they were and what he wanted them to do in the world. And I had never done that. I had prayed my whole life, but I wasn't getting results. So what was missing? And I needed to take this on because I ha I'm a curious fellow. And I was like, well, maybe this could work. And others had taught me how to do this, my Baptist friends. So I took this on and I spent an hour a day with the Lord in silence, listening for his voice, like not an audible voice, the quiet whisper. And this was a discipline I picked up and I could speak to you after this. And I'm now coaching people on how to do it. And that's what I do in my Facebook Live. I teach people how to quiet their mind, how to listen for the voice of your creator. And he's got something to tell you about your life. And until you find out what the heck that is, you're literally going in circles with your life and your life's not working. And you're guessing and then you will be a statistic who dies with regret. What shows up for you in that, Jim? Well, maybe my homework assignment shouldn't be 10 days. Then maybe it should be 40 days. Well, listen, I was giving you the wussy version, okay? It's a starting <laughs> place, bro. Your assumption is that that all I could handle, right? No, it's this just... This version was about the max that I could hope for. Listen, it was a step one, and it was, uh, are you for real? Will you say yes to even the little thing? And if you said, nah, I'm not sure I want that or whatever, then I know there's no point in inviting you to anything else because you're not ready. You're not in that place of readiness. You know this as a business guy and coach and everything like that. So I, I put out the carrot and said, hey, will you take on a 10-day challenge? You said, yes, I will. So after you take on the 10 days and then God it, like, reveals himself to you in that and you go, oh my gosh, Joseph, I want more. Then I'd be like, oh, by the way, the next thing is, 40-day holy hour challenge. And it's the same thing for you, BC Nation. So where are you? Are you in that place of desire that Jim's in right now where like searching and I want more in my relationship and I want to show up as that dad that's that leader to my own children? Like, and be that man, be that woman, that parent. If you're in that place and the pain of not being that right now has finally passed the pain of doing something about it, and the fears that are associated with that, then you're ready. 
And your next step is take on the 10-day challenge with Jim, put it to the test, and say that simple prayer. Or if you're ready, Joseph, I'm, I am a powerful person. I want the 40-day holy hour challenge. Great. Go to Facebook, put in search daily holy hour daily holy hour on Facebook. Join the group. I'll invite you in and I'll see you there tomorrow, 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I will do a live with you and we will spend time with our creator. Jim, we are like way over my schedule here, but what an amazing, amazing contribution you have added. You opened up contra. Uh, parts of the conversation that none of my guests have ever opened up before. So I really just want to acknowledge you for a minute. And there is nothing inadequate about you. I feel so inadequate. I get that. That's just a feeling. Feelings come and go. They don't mean anything. Okay. What you do with them is what matters. And I'm looking you dead in the eye, square in the eye, brother. And I am telling you, there is nothing inadequate about you as a Christian. Nothing. No, I feel the exact opposite. I get it. I don't care about your feelings, bro. I care about you. <laughs> I care about your soul. I care about your, your, your destination, your eternity. And most importantly, I care about connecting you to your heavenly father so that you get to experience what I have gotten to experience. And bro, I'm telling you, it's a game changer. You will show up so authentically in your business, in your family. You are going to be that dad. And your kids are going to look at you so differently. It's already inside of you. It's just bringing it out. So if you want, I can help with that. I can coach you that area. And I know you didn't ask for it. But if you want to, let me know. That's what I do. And that's what God has equipped me to do. And I am darn good at it, brother. So let me wrap this all up. We're going to summarize a few things here, BC Nation. This is Jim Beach I'm speaking with. And this is a powerful Christian who's at a place of feeling powerless. And there's nothing wrong about who he is or, or any of that. There's just a breakthrough that needs to happen where there's a breakdown. That's it. And he's going to have it because he's taking on the challenge. He's taking an action. When you're in a breakdown, the only thing missing is do the next right thing. What's that next right action? Jim has it now. He's equipped. He's going to say this prayer for the next 10 days. God is going to release him through the, from this breakdown and then show him what that next right thing is. And then when he does that, he's going to show him the next right thing. And that's how God works. He reveals a little bit each time. Why? Because we're so broken. We're so prideful that if he revealed the entire game plan and roadmap, what would we do? We say, God, thanks so much. I don't need you anymore. I got this. Because that's what we do as humans. All right. So... I love this. And Jim, you brought up disappointed in myself. I feel disappointed in myself. I feel disappointed in my pastor. And I feel disappointed in my church. BC Nation, I know you're wrestling with that. All the scandals that just came out in the media, right, in Pennsylvania. Forget the label of Catholic. That's happening in every effing denomination. Why? Because wherever there is human, there is brokenness and evil working through the brokenness. That is happening everywhere. So know this, be disappointed in humans and know, stop setting that false expectation. You will never be completely, like no one can achieve perfection, neither can you. But your heavenly father is the only one that's perfect. So put your faith in him. Jim, let's go into the confession round. 
You'd love that, right? The confession. Yeah, I can't wait broken, for this. This is going to be bundles of fun. Broken Catholic, the confession round. There's no priest here. There's no actual real confession, Jim, but it's just 12 quick fire questions. We're going to have some fun with it. You'll have three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. First thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sir? Yes. All right, here we go. Jim, what's your favorite sound? Did you just do a sound? Come on, seriously. What's your favorite sound, Jim? Waterfalls. What's your least favorite sound? Uh, babies screaming my name. Daddy, daddy. <laughs> Jim, what are you most afraid of? Uh, dying incompletely. Mm. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Uh, illegal things. <laughs> what secret fear do you have about people? It used to be that they were talking about me. Now I've realized that no one's talking about you. Uh, my secret fear is that they're just all infinitely better than me. Mm, got that. It totally ties into the feelings of inadequacy and all that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Ooh, I have no idea to that question. Absolutely no idea. If you did have an idea, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God in relation to you? Well, uh, that he will respond to my 10-day homework assignment. Got it. That's awesome. What do you wish you were better at? Uh, every aspect of Christianity, being more humble, more honest, more polite, more caring, more generous, more thoughtful of others. Every single one of them I fail at. So I feel I, I need to work on all of them. Got it. What dream are you scared of pursuing? Ooh, I don't know about that one. Uh, I'm going to have to say I, I've never had a dream that I was didn't pursue. Um, That's awesome. I don't know. I really can't think of one, something that I wanted that I never pursued. I'm going to have to think hard about that when I get back to you. Got it. What about, and I'm just going to put this out there, just sit with it, no need to answer. Having an incredible, powerful father-son relationship with your maker and, well, all, the, and all the fear that comes along with pursuing that. Maybe, you know, I don't know that I've dreamed about that. I want that, but it's not like dreaming like, oh, I, I want to have a Ferrari or something. You know, I Maybe it's just because I feel inadequate about it that I've never even considered myself worthy to have that dream. Got it. I, I challenge you, consider it an actual possibility. What new habit do you want to form? Uh, doing my homework challenge. <laughs> Got it. What's a bad habit you want to break? Uh, going to brunch. <laughs> Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Loser, failure, jerk. You're ridiculous, dude. You're like so likable and fun, man. Um, pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God. Uh, or describe, pick three words to describe who you were 10 years ago or 20 years ago in your faith. Or just loser, as a failure, jerk. 
<laughs> Got it. All right. So we're going to make some progress here. And last question, Jim, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, look your kids in the eye and tell them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? One piece of advice. Uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with what all of them are doing. And I would like to say to them, they're on the right path and I'm proud of the path you're on and you need to continue, you know, just have, have affirmation that what you're doing is correct. Love it. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? Uh, I think you should go to seminary school. Why? I don't need all the labels. I'm doing it. Okay. Well, then you should start a church. <laughs> I would go to church more if you were my pastor. <laughs> Best compliment of the week. And I really appreciate that, Jim, because my character has been attacked this week. So just you saying that is huge. Well, I, I, would, I, I consider you 10 times more honest than my previous three pastors combined that sucks like that just sucks right but thank you um and again god gets the credit for the work he's done in me jim any final wisdom for our listeners no i appreciate you uh spending time caring about my soul you got it my friend all right jim what's the best way for bc nation to get in touch with you sir james.beach at att.net. That's your direct email, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's the same one you have. Say that again. The same email address you have. No, no. Say the email oh, address. james.beach at att.net. And that's beach as in the place you go with water and sand. That's right. We All are right. the and also you can find Jim at schoolforstartupsradio.com. That's schoolforstartupsradio.com. Go listen to his podcast. Again, I talk often about building faith into your business. Today, you just participated in the faith conversation. How do you now bring God into your business, your beliefs, your spirituality, so that you stop showing up in your business inauthentically? Everyone sees it but you. You got to be whole and complete in all areas of your life. There's no uh, work-life balance. There's no faith-business balance. It's faith-business integration. That's the win. That's the secret. Jim, thank you for joining us today, and I wish you God's peace, love, and joy, my friend. And to you. Thanks, brother. Cheers. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.